Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. All right, as we continue to give out report cards, let's go to the pitching side of things. Let's go uh, in order of uh, innings pitched. How about it? We'll start then with the workhorse who, regrettably, I mean, the guy is, takes the ball every single five days. The problem is that's not always a good thing. Uh, Patrick Corbin, who pitched to a 5-2-0 ERA. The FIP was about identical to the ERA this year. Uh, for him, shockingly enough, despite an ERA of 5-2, it was his best season since 2019. I mean, even the 2020 year, I guess, if you count the 11 starts. But he was better than he was either of the last two years. And I don't even think it was particularly close. Yeah, I, I don't know what you want to give the grade on Patrick Corbin because the expectations were not high coming off a season where he had a 631 ERA. And he came in and he finished the year with a 520 ERA. I think he does his role well. His role is to go out there and eat up the innings because the young guys can't go seven innings. He goes out there, he ends up pitching 180 innings, which is the second most in his time with the Nationals. So credit to him for eating innings. I don't want to give him a high grade because he didn't yeah. play well. Like so, Yeah, maybe this is where the letter grade thing we're trying to do goes off the rails, Tobe, uh, and we don't need to give him one. But if you're comparing his season to the expectations coming in, it's about what I expected, I guess. He always posted. His ERA was in the mid-fives. There were games where he'd given up three runs before you sit down in your seat in the first inning. <laughs> it seems like every time he pitches, the first two guys are in scoring position, you know, nine pitches into the game. But generally, his, his starts go very quickly. He gets into these roles where all of a sudden he's still out there in the sixth inning, and somehow the other team's only scored five runs after scoring three before he got the first out. Like if you've seen one of his starts, you've kind of seen them all. Well, uh, how about Josiah Gray? Real quick on on Patrick yeah. Corbin. The only reason that he's better than last year is there were times when we were having the discussion: Is he back? We had that like three times at points in the season where he'd have two starts that weren't horrible back to back, and we'd be like, "Oh, maybe Corbin has found something." And then you know he'd have an atrocious start and he'd be right back to it. So you know, uh, overall, still not a great season. But if we were doing a great, I would give him a D. On to Josiah Gray, he's another interesting one. I feel like the results on the field would say that you should give him pretty high marks. You know, he's a guy that's 
gave up the most homers in baseball, really struggled. It looked like a guy that you could get really down on if you wanted to as a Nationals fan looking at the future of this franchise because he was supposed to be one of those guys going into this season. And so you could have been a little bit disappointed. And then he walked in and he was an all-star. And so that was awesome to see in the first half. And he battled. And then he had that really rough stretch coming out of the all-star break and really up until his last couple starts of the year. So it's kind of up and down, but then at the same point, you look at the peripherals and a lot of it's the same as what we've seen throughout his career. So I'll give him like a B minus because the on-field results ultimately are what matters. And so that's awesome to see, but we also saw that regression. We saw from the first half to the second half, the difference in the pitcher when some of the stuff started to catch up to him. You can't walk guys like that all the time and escape jams like you did in the first half. So there's lots of stuff to work with, but it's a credit to him. He battles every single timeout. I know he's one of your guys because every single timeout, you know you're getting a bulldog on the mound. He's going to do his best out there. And so I'll give him a B minus because I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, but at the same point, he was an all-star this year. Yeah, he's my favorite guy on the team, I think, at this point. I'm giving him a C, actually, believe it or not. And that's because first semester, I gave him an A. Second semester, I gave him a D, basically. <laughs> Average together, it's a C. I mean, it was an ugly stretch there in the second half. I thought in the first half, he was playing with fire, and he, for the most part, avoided getting burned, and it just didn't continue that way. Um, if you look at, you know, again, the ERA is 3-9. So if you just want to judge it off that, that's a pretty impressive season. That's a full run below his fielding independent pitching, though. Uh, I will say 2021, his FIP was 6. 2022, his FIP was 5-8. This year, 4-9. So, like, there, there is obvious progress. Where I'm a little disappointed overall is hits per nine. Uh, he's gone from, in his time in Washington specifically, 8, 8.2, 8.6 this year. So this was the most hittable he's been. Home runs is where he put hay in the barn. Uh, he had given up 2.2, 2.3 per nine. Um, now this year, 1.2, which is a massive leap. That's why his ERA came down massively. But his walks up from 4.0 to 4.0 to 4.5. His strikeouts per nine down from 9.0, 9.3 to 8.1. So K's are down, walks are up, hits are up a little bit. Like, I, I just, I wanted it as that first half that you saw was what I was looking for for kind of the circuit to circuit year. I love how he finished. It gives me some hope going into the offseason that uh, he's going to make another jump next year. But um, I, I thought that there was a second half regression that ends up with me looking at some of the numbers, especially the walks like that really chaps my butt a little bit. Like you, you can't be walking that many guys, you know, you, you got to get ahead. You got to pitch from a uh, pitcher count. And, and that was frustrating. So, uh, awesome to see him become an all-star, really happy for him, proud of him, all those things, but I'm going to give him a C it was, and it ended up, you know, not exceeding my expectations and maybe even by a hair over the course of a 162, you know, being a little worse than my expectations for him this year. Um, how about, uh, well, let's go Mackenzie Gore next and we'll, we'll come back to Trevor Williams because people are more interested in hearing about Gore. Yeah, Gore is another interesting one, like we were saying, because, you know, your guy is Josiah Gray. My guy's Mackenzie Gore. And, you know, you see the stuff. The stuff is nasty. And you just think back to the start against the Royals. You think about his first start against Atlanta and he's making guys look silly. You know, it's just he's got the stuff, but you felt like you'd see growth. And I just don't know if I saw growth throughout the season. You know, this is something where I felt like 
the more comfortable he got. Maybe he just needed a little bit of time. And so I thought, all right, coming out of the all-star break, he'll be a different guy. And he just, he wasn't, you know, there were some starts that he was spectacular and you really saw it. And then there were some starts where he's just walking guys all over the place and he couldn't seem to find the strike zone and, or something went wrong and he's making a mental mistake and he's not covering first base or he's, you know, frustrated because a guy didn't make a play and, you know, it unravels. So I think there's some growth to have here for Mackenzie Gore. So the expectations, I think, were fairly high for a guy that was once the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. So I'm going to have to give him a C. I mean, a 442 ERA for a guy that was once the top pitching prospect in all of baseball, you want to see better. At the same point, you saw flashes throughout the season where you're like, this guy can be an ace or at least a number two starter in this league. But he's got to grow. He can't walk, guys. He's got the stuff. He's got to trust it. He can't get so frustrated on the mound. He's got to find ways to channel that emotion into striking out hitters as opposed to missing his responsibilities on the baseball field. So I think there were some good things, but there are a lot of bad things as well. But I think compared to expectations, he was kind of what you'd expect for a 24-year-old pitcher in his second year of the majors. Yeah, no, make no mistake about it. Mackenzie Gore is their their best stuff pitcher oh yeah he's their highest upside guy he's the ace if if this is all the pitchers they have going into next year like he's the opening day starter for me assuming he has a good spring but like he is the, he's the stuff guy he's the best of the bunch he's got the highest ceiling um but th- that doesn't get you anything you got to go out and perform yeah and um if you look at it his era was about the same year over year in fact his fielding independent pitching was up pretty considerably from the 13 start 16 games we saw last year. Uh, but, you know, the whip was almost identical. Hits were up a hair. Home run rate was up. Walk rate was down. Strikeouts were up. And this is where I'm encouraged. From the beginning of the year to the end of the year, he, he walked fewer guys. I thought that was awesome. What he really needs to figure out is how to avoid, as he said on this show a couple of months back, you know, some of those touchdowns that he gives up. That's what he called it. You know, those six, seven run games where you, you go back through his game log and it's it's three and a third, seven Ernie's. And, you know, I think if you know, I remember the Phillies game most recently it was like five innings, seven hit six runs earned. You take out like three of those starts and it's pretty good numbers for him. But you don't get to just do that. Right. I mean, it, it, those are there. So. Uh, I'm with you on, you know, being a little disappointed because I remember like being in April with you at his first couple of starts. And like every time he threw, you thought he could go out and throw six or seven really good innings. Like that's the stuff he has. And that was the expectation. Like you can't miss a McKenzie Gore start because this could be six scoreless, nine strikeouts. That was just not the pitcher he developed into over the course of the season. He was more of like a, a five and dive type guy. And this is all part of the process and the growth. And I'm not down on him at all. It sounds like I am. I'm not. I promise. 24 years old. He's going to be a maybe a number two. Like he really has a chance to be a stud. Um, but we're just grading him on this season. And this season, I was slightly disappointed. Also, the second time in as many years where he hasn't been able to pitch at the end of the season for the Nationals. This was more quirky. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it just the blisters that cost him the end of yeah, his season and, and i don't love the fact that he was on with you guys grant and danny and he basically said that it's something he continues to deal with and i don't know how you fix that but he missed a couple of starts with the blister issue so it's a little bit concerning for me i i, I don't want to feel too bad about it because it's better than other injuries you could possibly have but at the same point if it forces you to miss a start yeah. even if it seems minor like it still forces you to miss time 
Trevor Williams made 30 starts, uh, tied with Josiah Gray for third on the team, 144 innings. By the way, this is indicative. Him and Josiah Gray made the same number of starts, and Gray pitched 15 more innings. So take that <laughs> for what it's worth. Um, look, we don't have to spend a lot of time on Trevor Williams. Uh, for the record, every interaction I've had with him has been awesome. Seems like a super nice guy. Um, his ERA was five and a half. His FIP was six. You know, he probably ends up being a multi-inning guy out of the pen if he's still on the roster next year. Obviously signed a multi-year deal. This is why they brought him here, though. Not to necessarily pitch to an ERA about six, but you know they, they brought him here to give him 150 innings. To, to every time we need you to, go out there and give us five innings. And he did that. Um, he's, you know, this is where they're at as a program. So to grade him is difficult, but I would say I thought he would be a veteran that would eat innings. That's what he was. I would have guessed that he pitched better than a, a six FIP. Uh, so I guess I'll give him a below a C, but uh, he he gave you kind of exactly what you expected when he walked through the door. Yeah, I would expect him to be a little bit better because in his with time that. with the Mets, he was about a three and a half ERA, but he wasn't great. But I'll give him um, a C minus strictly because Little League Classic, one of the few times that they... They were nationally televised when he went six scoreless. So <laughs> I'll give him some marks for that. So credit to, credit to Trevor Williams. Like a four, seven, five or something like that. You know, maybe like a half run better than he was. So maybe I should get him into the D range. I don't know. But again, I, I this is all based on expectations. Like if you ask me about any, a lot of these guys and, and we're grading them as Diamondbacks fans or first division club fans, you know, someone who, who roots for, the, the Orioles now or something yeah. like, yeah, these, a lot of F's and D's, but that that's not what we're doing. Like they signed Trevor Williams cause they didn't want to spend money and go get a starter that other teams were seeking. And so he was the fifth type guy that they brought into eat innings. Uh, how about Jake Irvin? You got to give him at least a B in my opinion, because this is a guy he, I, I just remember when we had a pod, when he first got called up and we basically said, all right, He'll make a couple spot starts and he'll end up in the bullpen because he was really a two pitch pitcher and he ends up sticking in the rotation and making 24 starts and never pitched out of the pen. He was their fifth starter for basically once he got called up, he was their fifth starter, but ended up being their fifth starter for a majority of the season, pitching 121 innings. And he's nothing crazy special. Like I think he's at best a fourth starter, fifth starter. It's not like he's someone that's going to be challenging Mackenzie Gore or Josiah Gray for top of the rotation type stuff. But at the same point, these are the guys that I mentioned with Rizzo that you didn't expect a whole lot. And he comes up and he ends up being a guy that sticks in the rotation. So you've got to give him credit for that. And he's going to grow off of it. It's it's a 461 ERA. So it's not like he's the best pitcher on your staff. He's an older guy. But at the same point, there were not really any expectations. He went out there and gave you 121 innings as a starter that you didn't expect really anything close to that. So I'll give him a B. And the only reason it's not an A is, you know, his ERA is four, six instead of maybe a four, two. Good. I, I like all that. It's a, it's a good argument. Uh, by the way, he, like durable. I mean, what else do you want? Like they only had seven guys start games for them this year. That's crazy to think yeah. about. And Chad cool. Remember was in the rotation at the very beginning of the season before they DFA would him. So they replaced, him with Irvin. So it was like, that was the five guys. It was uh, Corbin gray, Williams, Gore and Irvin. And otherwise Adone and, and Rutledge in the last month, those were the only guys that started games. Like that's pretty stunning to think about the, the durability and the health knock on wood that 
you know, they were able to get through the season with him. And that's really, really a, a big deal. Um, speaking of which, you know, Adone, the fact that he got back to the big leagues was a good sign. He, he was, didn't throw particularly well in AAA for the most part and ended up with an ERA of six and a half. But he's a guy that was unlucky. His fit was actually closer to five. Um, you know, he, to me, he's a he's a depth guy moving forward. I would yep. say I, I had no expectations of him pitching or pitching well in a playoff game, shoving in Fredericksburg. And then to be in double A for an extended period in triple A and then get to the big leagues and out of his four starts, throw pretty well twice. Like I feel much better about Rutledge than I did 365 days ago. So for that reason, I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah, I think that's a good call on Jackson Rutledge because his first start, not great. And then you saw some of that growth and, you know, facing a team for the second time struggled a little bit. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy that we didn't kind of know where he was at the beginning of the year. He weren't necessarily feeling the greatest. And then he started pitching really well, having one of his best years in the minor leagues and finally got up to the majors. And so he looks like a guy that could challenge Irvin or whoever else is going to be fighting for those last couple rotation spots coming into spring training. So yeah, I'll give him a B plus. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, as far as the bullpen goes, and again, we're giving out I, grades to... Real quick, bullpen yep. as a whole, F. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would agree with that. Care to elaborate, or do you want to dive name by name here? I mean, we could go through the names. Kyle Finnegan, I think, gets a higher mark. I think Hunter Harvey deserves a higher mark. Carl I'm Edwards, Hunter Jr. Harvey, an A, by the way. I think Finnegan probably for me gets like a B plus. He was not as good as his numbers. Um, his FIP was four six. His ERA was three seven. Sixty nine innings, sixty three Ks. Like I want more swings and misses. Eight point two per nine back of the bullpen, but there was a major stretch where like he was their the, the one oh, guy yeah. that they could count on. So like, I give him a B plus like Hunter Harvey had an ERA plus of one fifty three. I mean, the dude was pretty damn good at times this season. Um, I would give him an A. I liked what I got out of Weems. Um, yep. I, I'm not giving him an A by any means, but I would give him maybe a B minus. Like if you, what, what I thought of Jordan Weems on opening day this year to what I think about him now is he could pitch, you know, an inning at a time in the middle innings as a non-closing reliever, maybe uh, going into the next season. And I wouldn't feel that bad about it. But to your point overall, from Mason Thompson to Andres Machado to, uh, oh, there's a long list, Thaddeus Ward and uh, Joe LaSorsa and Erasmo Ramirez and Corey Abbott and Amos Willingham and uh, Chad Look. Cool and Hobie Harris and all these guys that just got rocked. Never forget the Anthony Bonda experience. Like it was a pretty gross year in the bullpen. So I don't want to single out anyone because I think as a whole, it was a bad year and I'm not trying to just, you know, knock on this one guy, but you know, cause there were guys that had worse years than him, but what happened to Mason Thompson? He was arguably their best reliever through the first month. And then it just fell off. What happened? And that's why to me, Finnegan had a, a fine year. Cool. Harvey, like you said, had a good year. I think there were some other guys that you found in decent spots. Like I thought, you know, Ferrer at times was decent. And, you know, even like you said with Weems, but the thing that's concerning for me is like, there were a couple of guys that you're like, okay, maybe they can stick around. You know, ultimately we talked about this. We're looking at the young guys, guys that can help out this team down the road. 
and Harvey maybe can be that guy in Finnegan, but Mason Thompson's 25 and he just didn't give you much at all. And he became someone that every time he stepped on the mounds, I just lost confidence that the team was going to hold the lead they had or the lead that they were trailing behind. It was going to balloon even farther away to become a blowout. So I, it's just concerning for me because there's hardly anyone that you could trust in that bullpen. And that's part of why, you know, I gave Davey a little bit of a pass because I mean, who was he supposed to turn to for a majority of the year? Carl Edwards ended up not playing as much as you would have expected. He was someone you could depend on early. It was Harvey. It was Finnegan. But outside of those three guys, maybe at times it was Weems. Maybe at times in the beginning it was Thompson. Maybe it was some other guys. But it just the bullpen as a whole, you felt like you had no chance. At certain points, they got things going and you won some games. But for a majority of the season, it was like, well, if you're not up by five, you're not winning this baseball game. Yeah, that happened way too often. Gold medal for me goes to Harvey. Silver medal, I'll say, goes to Finnegan. And then bronze, I guess I would give to Jordan Weems. How would you give out medals to the bullpen? Yeah, I think that's about right. I might. Harvey overall was really good, but I think Finnegan for a stretch of basically from his fourth appearance up until September was spectacular. And so, you know, I, September, everyone hit the wall on the baseball team, it seemed like. So it's almost like the season ended a month ago. Right. And they just kept on grinding, and some of the results ended up skewed because of it. So I almost feel like Finnegan deserves a little bit more credit because Harvey missed some time, but Harvey probably was the better pitcher overall. But Finnegan, for that stretch, had an ERA in the ones, and I thought he was one of the better closers in baseball at that point. Not that I would trust him as your guy going forward, but... He was really good, so I think I might flip it just because of the fact that he pitched a little bit more. Give me Finnegan with the gold, Harvey Silver, and then Weems probably be in the bronze. All right, next time on Bust and Loose Baseball, early next week, we're going to do this similar thing, I would say, um, maybe even more thorough, because we're going to go through the top prospect list one by one and just break down each guy's season. I think it'll be really instructive for those of you guys that really are into their prospects and their system. So I'm looking forward to uh, that episode already starting my prep to, to do that. And I think it'll be exciting uh, in that episode. We'll also talk about the big Dijon uh, Watson news as he is not going to be back as their director player development. There's more news about some of the different uh, folks who are instructors at the minor league level that aren't returning today as well. So we'll get to all of that when we dive into the minor league system on the next pod here on Bust and Loose Baseball. Remember to get your comments and your questions in. We also read all of your comments and give you a shout-out. But if you've got a question, you can drop it for us uh, on the uh, comment section, and we'll answer those coming up on episode number 90 in our next installment. Thanks for listening to Bust and Loose Baseball.